Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Armor Report. This is the Week in Review. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. Thanks for joining me today. Um, this is a show about stock market investing. For those of you who don't know that already, uh, we call this the Armor Report, Algorithmic Risk Management Research. And it's the, the combination, what we call here the um, quantum mental investing, the combination of quantitative execution using algorithms and AI to decide when to commit capital and when to take capital out of the market. We put that together with a fundamental foundation, and that's the information edge I share with you every weekend. So what we're going to talk about today, stock market direction, right? This is the mechanical bull market. I've been discussing this with you guys since the bottom in March, okay? It continues to march on. <laughs> no pun intended. All right. Um, and so we're going to discuss what we think is going to happen going forward next week uh, and how we're going to react to it. Then what I'm going to do, of course, we're going to touch on precious metals because that is a core of our portfolio. And it's been driving uh, alpha for us since the lows in March. But I'm also going to discuss with you today the real question I have for all of us um, is how to commit capital in the middle of a mechanical bull market. So for instance, Rosenthal Capital Management is my um, registered investment advisory firm. Okay, so what I do is I work with investors through our interactive brokers affiliation. And there are times, like right now, happening right now, when new investors join us and they bring in a portfolio that's 100% cash. And the question is, how do we put the money to work in the midst of this bull run? I'm going to address that today. So at the end of all this, of course, as usual, I'll get to your questions. Just fill up the chat board, and then I'll run through them after I, I share with you some of my thoughts from the week in review. Don't forget, guys, I don't know you directly. I really appreciate you watching me on YouTube. I love that you're a subscriber. If you're not, you can subscribe right down here to the YouTube channel or to the Armor Report website, armrreport.com. It's a deeper dive into what we talk about every week here. Um, but because I don't know you, I can't tell you how to put money to work, right? If you want one-on-one -on -one discussions, you can always become an Armor Insider, and that gives you the right to call me and we can chat. But for the sake of this conversation, I'm sharing with you information I'm using in my own personal portfolio and for investors I work with. Um, I've been doing this over 30 years, and my goal today and every day is to share with you the successes and the failures so you can learn how to manage your own capital, okay, and do it in a professional manner, how to harness the ability to buy weakness in the midst of strength, and we'll go over that later. All right, so let's launch into it. Um, Last week, I posed the question, the leadership of the market was tired, looked like it was taking a break, and will the market begin to um, broaden out? Oh, 
before I go, before I keep going, give me a thumbs up if you like this. Obviously, subscribe if you want. And then, guys, this is going to be a fairly quick meeting today. <laughs> wink, wink. Who knows? It always goes too long. But let's be honest. I'm wearing Ranger blue, guys. All right? Is this too much? Is this too much? Maybe it's too much. I'll take it off. Oh, it's the Stanley Cup shirt. It's possible. It's possible. Anything's possible this year. A man can dream. Today is the start of the NHL playoffs. My son is waiting for me to get out of this meeting so we can sit down and start watching these shows, these, these games, all day long. So, come on, guys. Bleed Ranger Blue with me. All right. Enough said. Now, <clears throat> getting back to the market. What happened last week was not a broadening out. Instead, it was leadership leading on blowout earnings. Okay? So the first thing I want to do, and I'm going to kind of dovetail this in with my question, it kind of goes together. How do we commit capital now? So let's pretend that we have a new portfolio. So new investor comes to me, says, let's start working together, opens an interactive broker's account. Let's just say for the sake of this conversation, deposits a million dollars. How do we put that money to work at this stage in the cycle? Okay, first thing we do is we look at the indexes. I'm going to walk you through it. Oops, not that. Okay, what you're seeing here is a picture of the S&P. We're going to start with the S&P. There's a whole bunch of spaghetti lines on it, but it's worth looking at. I want to show you and go back to where we are in this whole process. Okay, all the way back here to the left is the breakdown in 2018 when the Fed had the most ridiculous idea of fiscal responsibility, and they decided to reduce liquidity in the system. So terrible 2018, market cratered. Then when the Fed discovered that, you know, they can't possibly reduce liquidity in the system because it creates a market implosion, the Fed started adding liquidity in 2019. And you had this type of run. And what we're using here is called, this chart technique here, is called a um, Andrew's Fork. Okay, it just gives you an idea of the trend you're in and creates the percentage moves off of the bottom trend in the middle and the top. Okay? So you can see I'm, I'm using this old trend. Okay? Because I submit to you that that's the trend we're still in. We've re-entered that trend. Okay? So now let's blow up the picture. The only thing that took us out of that trend was a collapsing stock market because of a pandemic. So what the Fed do? The Fed said they're going to add more liquidity than ever in history, right? So back here, the Fed said, oh, we're going to stop reducing liquidity. We're going to add some liquidity. The market had a huge 2019. Okay. Then the market collapsed because of the pandemic, and the Fed said, we're going to add more liquidity than we've ever added in history. Um, <clears throat> so, so what we've done here so far this year, and it's been an epic four month run. Okay. It's been one of the greatest four month periods in my professional career for my portfolio and for portfolios I manage. And you all know that you've been watching this for the last four months, you know what we're doing, but I wanted to show you where we are in the cycle now. So we have a new Andrews fork, the green lines, right? And we're at this aggressive uptrend in here. But really, all we've done is recapture the original trend based on monetary expansion 
that was happening in 2019. We've recaptured that bottom line. We're making what looks like, if we blow it up even more, a small cup and handle on the S&P 500. Now, you all know the first step in figuring out what to do with a new account. So I got a new account. We have capital. We're going to put money to work. How do we do it? Okay, obviously, the first thing we don't do, right, what we don't do is look at the armor portfolios and say, oh, we have new capital. Let's just put it in all these stocks that are in the portfolio already. Can't do that. Stocks are you know, up dramatically, right? So I think that's obvious, but somehow it isn't sometimes. So I'm just going to say it again. You can't just look at the armor portfolios. You could become a subscriber, an armor insider. Okay, go to the website, check it out, see if you want to do that. And you can look at the portfolios. You see where we bought the stocks, the dates, the price, what our stop losses are going to be on each position. You can't just take that portfolio and force your capital into it at this stage. Okay, so what we have to do is see where are we now. So let's take a look again. Okay, so what the S&P is doing here is a nice cup and handle right at that bottom trend line that we were already in before the pandemic. Now we have more liquidity than ever in history. So theoretically, we could easily be trading at the top of this previous trend. We may even get to a new trend of acceleration, which is the top of the new Andrews fork. But I show you this to say, okay, the risk monitor told us to put capital to work. So step one, this is, this is how I would put money to work. If I had a new account, in fact, I did. New capital came in for me to manage at Rosenthal Capital Management literally the week of the 29th, which was the week the, the risk monitor went green. So that was a no-brainer. That was easy to do. That was just serendipitous. That particular client brought capital in right at the beginning of a new risk monitor green entry. Now, green entries only last for five days. It's the period of time where we put the most amount of capital to work, right? The armor investing way is to put most of your capital to work. I mean, like all your capital to work as close to the entry point as possible, as close to the stop as possible. And then let the process manage success the rest of the way up. Okay. So for somebody who brings in capital at the beginning of a risk monitor entry point, that's a no brainer. All the money gets put to work. All right, where are we now, though? We're days into this cycle. Days. Uh, a month. We're a month into the cycle. We're on risk monitor yellow now. What yellow means is that we're able to put capital to work, but in a modest way. We're not putting 100% of the capital to work. That window's closed. But we're able to put some capital to work as new ideas develop off of the armor whiteboard okay so let's just rip through the chart patterns for a minute to see if we have any corroboration the first step is to look at the armor algorithms we have seven index algorithms they're designed for the volatility of each index what we look for is confluence when all the indexes tell us the same thing at one time the probabilities of success are at their highest and that's when we commit capital or we take capital out, right? Like in 
February on February 24th, all seven indexes told us to go to cash. And you know, historically, that's 90% accurate, and it, it proved to be accurate again. That was the top of the market, right, right before the crash. Okay, so um, let's take a look. We have the S&P that looks like a nice cup and handle building right at a key trend line, crawling up the 25-day moving average, which is this maroon line. So now let's go see and look. Where's the strength? Where's the leadership? Nasdaq 100, beautiful uptrend following the 25-day moving average all the way up. As long as that continues, we are in a mechanical bull market. And what we love to see is a week like last week. One, two, three, four, five days. It, it was a grinding week of no real movement. But the end of the week, the leadership breaks out. So what we have is a strong weekly bar. That's classic mechanical bull market action. Weakness early in the week, strength at the end of the week, which was the exact opposite of the week prior, as you can see. Big up Monday, sold off the rest of the week. But all it did was come right back to its trend line that it's been following the whole way up, which is the 25-day moving average since the really original buy point on the 6th uh, of April. Okay, as long as that holds, we let it ride. And of course, let's look at the momentum index. Looks exactly the same. These are the momentum stocks. These are the guys that are leading. Let's look at the IBD 50. These are disruptive growth stocks. Same pattern. This is what's leading. Now let's look at what's lagging. The Dow, which is old economy, continues to lag, but let's be honest, that's not a bad chart. Nice cup and handle base right at the 50 and 200 day moving average. So when it comes to can we add new money now, the answer is yes, because you're right at an entry point on some of these big indexes. The Dow being an example. Now, the small cap had a terrible day last week. Well, I mean, terrible Friday. But at the end of the day, it's not that bad. It had a you know, bad morning, recovered at the end of the day. All it's doing is consolidating in a cup and handle pattern that looks very much like the S&P. And it's all being done right above the key moving averages. And we're going to round it out with the value index, our seventh index. That's the weakest index, but basically the same looking pattern, but certainly the weakest. Nobody cares about value right now because it's stuffed chock full of banks and energy and all these types of things that nobody wants to own right now. So I would expect it to lag. In fact, when this thing starts leading, I think we're going to be in trouble. I think the market rally will probably be over. When the junk starts to rally, it's usually over. Okay, so step one, you got in a portfolio with 100% cash. What do you do today? We could see by just looking at the indexes that this is an entry point. We're not extended, and I'll just finish with this one last thought. Okay, if the S&P were trading up here, I would say we can't add anything. We're wildly extended. We're trading at the top of ranges, okay? But it's not. It's right down here, okay? So what we get, this helps us with our risk management rules, and I'll get to that as the third step of how to put capital to work in this mechanical bull market. Step one, look at the indexes, see if we have a risk on entry point that allows for 
committing of capital. And we do, and it's called Risk Monitor Yellow. So the next step is to go into our whiteboard and our armor portfolios to see which stocks are positioned appropriately for new money to put capital to work. I'll just give you a couple of examples. If we go into armor portfolios, we were buying <clears throat> shares of Target this week. Okay. You don't get a better cup and handle than that. I mean, it's just classic. That is just classic. In fact, I'm going to show you on the O'Neill chart so you guys can see this. That is classic. Honestly, that's like one of the one of the you know, perfect looking cup and handle. In fact, he even drew the cup for you with his little handle here. There's the, the tight base. The relative strength just went above 80. Typically speaking, from a William O'Neill standpoint, you want to buy relative strength that are 80 or above. Okay. So there's a no-brainer. So I might go into, not might, I will. This will be a stock that makes it into a new portfolio. Okay. Boom. We go into our armor portfolio and look for positions that are set up correctly for entry. Um, here's an idea. I think, let me take a look before I show you. Wow. I'm going to have to say yes on this one. Okay. So for new money, I think I'll be buying shares of Newmont. Newmont is making its own cup and handle and is right at the pivot point. Now I know normally I buy weakness in the midst of strength and there's no weakness here, except for there was, I guess on Thursday and then it reversed. But this looks like a cup and handle base on top of a huge base breakout. So you got this great breakout and this is the first stage or I should call it the second stage base in this overall move. So I might put capital to work there. Okay. Of course, I'm going to do that because I have a high degree of confidence that precious metals are going higher in here. So I'm going to want some exposure for a new account. I can't have as much exposure as I want because a lot of these stocks are already to the moon. But I'm going to find positions here or there that are in structures and patterns that allow me to put some capital to work. Okay. At a reduced level. Um, then what we do is we go to the whiteboard. As an Armour subscriber, you can go see what stocks I'm doing research on, what things look good that I think could be added to a portfolio. Um, I'm not adding these positions yet. I'm not telling you what to do because I don't know you. Let's throw that out there again. Um, but I'll share with you these charts, okay? Here's an example. Um, doing research right now on DraftKings, okay, DKNG. Not buying it yet, but I love a chart like this. So stock comes public, makes the first stage base, which is right in here, and doubles off of that base. Then it has a 50% correction back to the 50-day moving average, and that's when I like to get involved. Sometimes I buy the initial move on a new issue, but not usually. I like to see strength. And what do I always say to you guys? I want to buy weakness in the midst of strength. So here's a classic example. The strength was the doubling from the original breakout on DraftKings. The weakness is the last couple of months as it's pulled back 50% roughly to its 50-day moving average. So now what we do is look for an algorithmic entry point. We use algorithms for indexes and we have single stock algorithms that help us know when to commit capital. 
So there's an example of a stock I'm doing research on now that's on the whiteboard. And of course, Penn uh, National Gaming is another example of that. This is a classic cup and handle that's built, building, albeit a little bit um, uh, not as tight as I like. A lot of whipsawing in the handle, so that's not my favorite. But same type of pattern, same type of situation, um, interest in this idea, doing research on it. Here's an old favorite, right? Netflix. We added the stock in here. We sold some of it before the earnings announcement, right? And we booked the rest of it after the earnings announcement. Booked our gain, stepped aside to see how far down it would go. Management, if you remember, reduced expectations going forward, saying that their business was booming right now, but they can't predict what will happen going forward. To me, all that, all that means is they've lowered guidance so they can blow out the number again next quarter. That's what that means to me. So I'm looking for another entry into Netflix. We almost had the trigger on Friday. We didn't, but we might get it on Monday. We don't know. Armor Insiders, of course, you'll be told as soon as that happens on Monday, because I'll be sharing with you in the Slack room that we're adding this to our portfolios. Okay? So, so step two is to go through the stocks that are in Armor portfolios and stocks on the whiteboard so we can start to build a portfolio for this new account. And then um, the final stage of this, it's not so much fun, the final stage. Um, the final stage of this, okay, step three of this process is to prepare this new investor for the worst. Okay. Here's a newsflash for everybody. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know. I've been saying that since you've been listening to me. I think a lot of you guys get this by now. But those of you who are new, let me be clear. I don't read tea leaves. I read probability maps. I read statistical information. Okay? Um. To put it in another term, I read reward and risk optimization metrics. And when all of that comes together, we act. We read and react to the market. We don't guess. I'm not crystal ball gazing. I read a story um, in Market Watch. There's a, some hedge fund manager who's, who, quote, called the bottom in the market in March and is up something like 60% this year, and now he's calling a top. He's afraid of the market, and he's talking about all the reasons why the market could go down. And this is the problem with most um, successful investors. And I've run into this myself over the years, okay? And I'm, I worked very hard not to have this happen to me. You guys can keep me in check if you think it starts to happen, okay? Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Did I call the top in the market this year? Some people say I did because we went to 100% cash the first week of the market crash. But I really didn't. It's not because I called anything. You guys could go back and watch that video, February 24th. Okay, it's on my YouTube channel. What I said was, I don't know what's happening. But the algorithms have just told us to go to 100% cash. 
execute. That's just what we do. We read and react. I don't know what's going to happen next. I could have sold everything on the 24th, 25th, 26th, and the whole market could have gone to new highs the following week. And it would have been a humbling situation, and I would have had to start putting more money to work. But that's okay because this is about managing risk first and capturing upside second at the Armour Report. It stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. That's what I'm doing, right? And then I could be out there saying I called the bottom in March because it's true. I mean, we were buying stocks at the end of March, early April. But it's not because I knew the market was going to go up. Here's why we did it. I didn't call anything. I said two things. One, the Fed's buying bonds. So if the Fed starts buying bonds, the market usually goes up. But two, we have a unique alpha opportunity here for all Armour portfolios, for all Armour insiders. Our portfolios were down 5 to 7% off of the highs for the year by the time we went to cash in February. The market dropped like 40%. We had huge alpha. So was it really that hard for me to put capital to work? At the end of March, early April, we had the algorithms telling us the window's open, the risk reward is appropriate to put capital to work. And we knew that the Fed was putting money in the market. You know, I felt sick at the time. I was like, yeah, I got to go put some money to work. Market's imploding. The world's coming to an end. And I'm putting money to work. Right? We're buying gold and silver, which was obviously the best place to put capital. In retrospect, it turned out to be the best sector of the market right now, and I think it will continue. But I didn't do that because I was predicting what was going to happen. I don't have algorithms that said, oh, yeah, market's definitely going higher. What I said was, we have, we have alpha you could drive a truck through. So it's a moral imperative for us to put some capital to work down here. The risk rewards, right? The probabilities are at their highest. Put capital to work. We could easily lose money. I could have dropped another 5% like that as the market dropped 50 or 60%. But it would have been the right strategy to employ. And so what I'm saying now to a new investor is, we're going to put capital to work, but you have to be prepared for the worst because I don't know what's going to happen next. It looks like the market is going to go higher. The risk monitor tells us we're yellow. I can put capital to work. But we could get stopped out at everything next week. Risk management's key at this stage in the cycle, as it is at every stage. So what we'll do is we'll put maybe 50% of the capital to work over the next couple of days if we get the right opportunities and the market behaves. We'll probably hold 50% cash in the portfolio because we're not at the right stage to put 100% of our money to work, okay? What we'll then do is look to earn the right to take more risk. We put that 50 to work and it starts working and we have gains, then it allows us on weakness to add more positions. And over time, if this market keeps charging higher for another X amount of months, we'll eventually get fully invested in that account. If, however, we put 50% to work and the market implodes and we get stopped out of everything, we're going to take our loss, but we'll have been cautious because we still have 50% cash, and we'll look to reinvest on the weakness. And that's the cycle. That's how you have to think. 
And I hope that helps you guys who are 100% out of the market because you're afraid of the market or you've missed it all or whatever. If you're trying to find how do I get back into step with this market, this is what I suggest to you. Become an Armor Insider. Look at the Armor Risk Monitor. Understand what it means. Go to the whiteboard. Go to the portfolios. Pick out the names that are buyable. But then always understand you've got to manage your risk. You have to use stops. You have to execute religiously. And if you get stopped out on everything a week after you bought it, it's okay. It does happen. This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. You have to get on the right side of probabilities. That means you have to have enough um, positions in your portfolio for the probabilities to work out in your favor. Okay? Let's skip over real quick the precious metals, and then I'll get to questions. Um, precious metals. What another rip-worn week. I'm just going to share this chart with you. We're going to look at GLD. Look at GLD. I don't trade GLD, but um, I use this just as a way for us to look at what gold's doing. Okay, so what we have here, a bunch of squiggles again, a bunch of lines. I love them. Here they are. So this was the massive downtrend that started in 2011, okay? Um this is a Fibonacci sequence. What I like to see on a downtrend is the third downtrend is broken. That begins a whole new uptrend. As you can see, that whole new uptrend started. And at the same time, you could build a very clear Andrews fork of the new uptrend we're in. And so we just cleared the top of that uptrend line. All right. So let me just say this. Um, Let's take a look at silver before I talk to you. It's left the station, right? It doesn't get better than that. In fact, let's look at the monthly chart just so you can see, again, what type of a month we just had. That's insane. But, again, go back and look at the last time silver broke out above this level, and it was an eight-month skyrocket. So what we have to do is try to manage our expectations, and this is what I want to say to you today about the metals. Um, I want to say two things, well, maybe more than two. I believe we're in a short squeeze. You guys know this. I don't think it's over. I think it's just started. I think that some of the biggest players are now on our side as bulls with a big, long physical book, Goldman Sachs, BIS. These guys who used to be short sellers are now long the metal. Goldman's coming out and raising their target on gold. Okay, they smell blood in the water. You know, they call Goldman the vampire squid, right? They smell blood in the water. There are other banks that are caught net short and they're getting squeezed and Goldman is doing the squeezing. Okay, and these things usually don't end after a couple of weeks. It usually takes a couple months and real pain before people are carried out uh, off of the trading floor uh, on a stretcher. Okay. Um, there will be extreme volatility. You're going to see 10% drops, bang, for no reason. Cer certainly in silver. I don't know how gold will trade. 
But I'm just saying, you're, you could easily see that type of action. You can't be afraid of that. Um, in order to deal with that, you could trade around the core. When you get rips higher at the end of the day, you could book some profits there. And then when you get these 10% drops, put the position back on if you want. Okay, I'm not telling you how to trade. And I'm not doing that, by the way. I'm letting these things run. Um, something very unique happened at the end of the month. Those of you who follow me know that I've been saying, I don't know, since I've been doing this, 270 some odd videos later, that at the end of every month, because of option expiration, the metal usually suffers, usually goes down. It's just a function of rolling from one contract to another, and it creates opportunities, and the price gets depressed, and you get air pockets down. I expected to see that air pocket down this week, and instead gold powered right through it to the end of the day Friday. That has to scare the shorts you know, out of their minds. I mean, the easiest time to manipulate the metal down is at the end of the month, and the metal went right up through the end of the month. They tried to whack silver for a couple days, and even silver took off on Friday. So on the one hand, we're going to look at this chart together, okay? And we're going to say gold is very clearly uh, at the very top side and blowing out of the top side of the Andrews fork. So risk would be high here and probabilities of a reversal would be normal here, okay? I'll put this on again, right? Probabilities of a reversal would be normal. Some type of a consolidation would make sense, okay? So on the one hand, what you don't want to do is run out and buy gold at these levels. We need to buy weakness in the midst of strength, and this thing is at the top side of, you know, strength. But because of the way that, that the metal's acting at a time where it normally gets weak, it's getting strong, my guess is there may be just a consolidation up here. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm guessing. So here's the last thought on this. Um, what would cause concern for me is if we take out the prior week's lows, so as you can see on this weekly chart at GLD, you know, except for this week right here, which was June 5th, the week of June 5th, it closed below the prior week's low. Every other week, we've been making higher highs and higher lows. So if we get to a week, let's pretend Monday starts out a lot higher, but by Friday, we close below the low of last week. That would be a signal that this run is taking a break. And that would be a time for us to raise cash in the space. As long as that doesn't happen, the trend is our friend and the short squeeze is on and we don't know where this is going to go or how high it will go. Okay? So those are my thoughts on the metal. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I'm ready to talk to you guys and take questions. My guess is I haven't even looked at the board yet and you're going to say to me, what do you think about cannabis stocks? Okay, so let me get to that real quick. All right? Afria's earnings announcement wasn't good enough and the stock reversed. Now, I want you to know that Armour portfolios are making money in cannabis this year. I hope you are too. Okay, what we're doing is buying weakness. When it runs, we sell a little bit into the strength. We didn't do that this time. 
on the armor report. I decided to stay with these names, but I'm just saying over the, so far this year, we're net profitable on these stocks. So what we're doing now is we're not um, um, in jeopardy of cutting into principle here. We, we've earned the right to take the risk on these stocks. And what we're doing right now is we're following these trends. If they hold, we're staying long the stocks. Okay. The stock is in an uptrend. It ran up into earnings. I listened to the conference call. I don't think there's anything wrong with earnings, but stock sold off because it wasn't good enough. Whatever. That's just the way these stocks trade. As long as it stays above the trend line and above the moving averages, we stay long the stock. That's our stop. I'm sharing that with you guys on this show. I don't usually share my stops with anybody but Armor Insiders, but I'm going to share this stop with you. It takes us out, closes below, closes below this area. We'll stop ourselves out and we'll look to reload at lower prices at a different time. Same thing with Kronos. Really, the stock has done nothing but go sideways. And CGC, nothing but sideways. Right? So there's not much to talk about in, in, in uh, cannabis land um, when it comes to the Canadian growers. They just continue to build a base and flatline and bore you to death. And the question is, is there a, a story out there somewhere that changes this trend and blows them out? And guess what? Guess what? You could be late to the party if you want. You don't have to own these stocks right now. If you look at the armor portfolio and what's driving our alpha, it's not these stocks. It's precious metals, disruptive growth, established growth that's skyrocketing. This is like a labor of love for me. I love cannabis and think it's the future of medicine in many ways. Okay? And so I'm looking to find the right entry point in these names. But you could wait for the blowout to happen and the uptrend to start, and you would make 90% of the money. Do you know what I'm saying? So don't bang your head against the wall. If you, this is an opportunity cost of money issue. If you'd like to use the money for something else right now, go ahead. You could probably own these stocks after Canopy announces earnings and the stock is up 20% on the news. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm saying if it happens, if we get to a point where Canopy announces earnings and they say, we can't keep our beverages on the shelf and we have to revise guidance higher and the stock is up 20% that day, that's probably the day to start buying these stocks. So that's my thought there. All right, let's get to Q&A. And then guys, I, I got to get to a hockey game. I hope you don't mind. I got to get out of here. All right. Um, Tech Monkey, good morning. Cannabis Couch, wondering, okay, earnings announcement is going to be August 12th. Thoughts? All right, well, there's my thought. I didn't even know you'd asked the question yet, Tech Monkey, but I should have known. So there it is. Um, I don't have any thoughts about Canopy. I don't know what they're going to say, right? So it's just a question of do you want to be there before the news and have a, you know, the stock run up or risk losing some money when they disappoint again? I'm, I don't have any edge for you on that. Okay, oh, the first couple of questions were that for you. Okay, all right, cannabis. I answered those questions. Okay, um, New York Jets. I love it. 1994, brother. That's right. Maybe we're on another historic run. Tech Monkey. One percent fee, average fee, for a company to manage portfolio. If you have a question about me managing your capital, feel free to call me, Tech Monkey, and we'll talk about it. Okay. 
Rangers Devils game six. <laughs> I was there, my friend. <laughs> I had season tickets actually um, to the 94 Stanley Cup run. So I saw every game in Madison Square Garden, believe it or not. Actually, that game, that game was in uh, the Meadowlands, but it was a historic run. It was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Um, okay, can I discuss Grow Generation's competition in their moat, Jason? Um, I think it's so early, Jason, for Grow. So let's take a look at Grow um, real quick. Stock had a nice week. Stock had a nice week. So, you know, cannabis stock, we add, so very clear, everybody, very clear. I'm not promoting this stock. I'm, I'm, please be, be careful. We own the stock at $3.50, and we added to the stock up here at around the $7 range. Okay? So I'm not telling you to run out and buy the stock today. So, Jason, you're just asking me, what I think about, um, I, I think it's too early. I think it's way too early in this business model <clears throat> to worry about competition. Right now, I see competition as mom and pop shops that are selling hydroponic type of products to, you know, small growers. I think that the real growth potential for grow generation is, is what they started doing, which is um, commercial sales to big MSOs because they're creating economies of scale. Um, this is a roll-up story. So I think they have 29 stores now and they're opening new stores and going across the country, rolling up. You know, I have no concern that Home Depot is gonna start catering to the cannabis business. I don't think any of that's gonna happen until way past federal regulation, you know, safe banking acts, you know, um, we need all that kind of regulation for any of these big guys to really focus on the space. And so for right now, this company has a, a bit of a niche and, you know, we'll see, they're going to have earnings. Let's see if they keep growing like a weed. <laughs> Forgive me. Forgive me. Um, okay. What do I think of Kodak? I, I don't think anything of Kodak. I mean, there was absolutely no way to know that the president was going to give them a whole bunch of money to start producing um, uh, uh, chemicals for drugs. I, I, you know, I actually think Jim Cramer got it best. I think he said it best this week. I think he made a comment that Kodak should be on the phone right now with investment bankers so that they can do a secondary and raise a lot of money. He's absolutely right. So they're getting a lot of money from the government. The stock went through the roof, which is a perfect time for the company to issue more shares and get even more cash on their balance sheet and then be able to take their company to the next level. So if that were to happen, if I were to see a secondary announcement, which would put the stock down, then I might have an interest. But, you know, I, I don't chase stocks like that. Um, Joe Black, Kirkland, even better entry point than Newmont. All right, Joe, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with you because Kirkland is already skyrocketing. But let's take a look together. And I'd love to argue over this. I mean, we own both. Okay, the armor portfolios own both stocks. So um, we're talking about secondary entry points. So here's Kirkland. And here's the original entry from armor portfolios. Okay, so and we added to it again. We, we bought it right, right in here, right, as it broke out of this downtrend. Okay, so... Um, there's the chart pattern. So I guess what you're looking at maybe is it's just breaking out across the tops there, which is true. It's true. But to me, that's a bit of a, an extension. Let's take a look at Newmont. See, Newmont's a cup and a handle. 
actually, the cup and handle breakout was right here. I told you guys that, I think, last week or a few weeks ago when I wrote this. We talked about this uh, on this channel, cup and handle breakout, and here it is breaking out. So I'm just looking at that structure, and I just like the structure. But I totally get what you're saying. You're looking at Kirkland, and you're saying this thing is just now coming across the tops. You're, you know, you're right about that. So it's just a preference. I, I mean, take a look at Kirkland real quick on uh, the O'Neill chart, just for the fun of it. You know, there's Kirkland coming across the tops is what you're looking at. Okay. So let's have a fun time uh, arguing over which one's better. I mean, they're both great, and uh, we own both in our portfolios. And, of course, Kirkland had a huge earnings announcement, and the stock looks great. All right, um, zero mil. There are really no sports. How are they going to make money? Oh, okay, so you're asking about um, DraftKing and, and Penn National Gaming. Um, you've got you to do some research, my friend. Uh, it's on my whiteboard, so it means I'm doing research. You could do the same research I do. You could go to their website of DraftKings, listen to the Cowan and Company conference call from May. In that call, they explain, first of all, let me say two things. Number one, I'm going to share with you this thought, that DraftKings and Penn National Gaming, that's why the stock's already down 50% from its high. Everybody knows there's no sports. Okay? So that, that's already priced into the stock. So now it's just upside. The NHL is starting this weekend. Major League Baseball is underway. And don't believe anybody that tells you uh, – NFL football is in jeopardy, and maybe they're not going to play basketball. Excuse me. Excuse me. The English Premier League just completed itself, and now they're going, I think the UEFA Cup has started. And you're telling me they can figure out how to play football in Europe, but we can't figure out how to play sports in the U.S.? Give me a break. It's going to happen one way or the other. Sports are going to be played. That's my opinion. That's just my opinion, okay? But when I listen to that conference call, for DraftKings, what really revealed itself to me is that that company is a technology company. It's not a betting company. I mean, it is, but it's a technology company. They're able to create proposition bets in real time on any type of event. And that carries higher margins for them than just creating um, bets on whether or not someone's going to win or lose a game. Okay? So there's a lot more involved, and I suggest you go listen to that conference call and bone up on it. Now, look, I'm not buying it right now. We use the algorithms to tell us if this is the right entry point. I'm just sharing with you something on the whiteboard we're doing research on. If we get an algorithmic entry point, we'll put money to work. So the armor investing way, do your research first, Build your whiteboard, step one. Step two, use algorithms to tell you when to put on risk, when to take it off. And step three, use stop losses to manage your risk and to manage your success. Okay? So anyway, something for you to think about. All right. Um, what's the slack room says zero mil? I'm glad you asked that question. So Armor Insiders, which I call my subscribers – Okay, you can subscribe right here. You can go to the website, armorreport.com, A-R-M-R-report.com. When you become a subscriber, 
I will invite you into our Slack room trading desk. So all day long, uh, the market's open and really seems to be 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because we have subscribers from all over the world and we're all sharing ideas together. But during the trading session, I'm letting you know as things are happening, what I'm doing to our armor portfolios. Okay. And I'm doing videos every morning. I do a morning meeting video for Armor Insiders that are that's in the Slack room. So at 8.30 every morning, we're getting ready for our day, figure out how we're going to be trading and investing. And then during the day, in-game updates, I'll do a video if there's something important about a stock we're buying or selling, a stop loss that's been hit, or a trigger that's been created, and we're putting capital to work. And we do all that in the Slack room. So... Um, Slack is the name of a company that sets that product up. All right, um, Jasmine, uh, uh, Newmont or Agnico Eagle? If you pick one to watch or add next week, which one would you prefer? Thank you. Um, wow, Agnico Eagle had a blowout earnings announcement. Um, So there's the chart pattern, Agnico Eagle, and it's just you know skyrocketing. I'm not I'm not adding that this week. I'm not I'm not adding you know, and I I like that pattern of Newmont. So I'm looking for Newmont to go to new highs, and so I'm buying. I, I would buy a cup and handle breakout. Um, but look, I mean it's six of one, half a dozen of another. I, I just think that Newmont. Don't forget, Newmont's got a dividend. They're going to be increasing the dividend all year. It's an institutional favorite. It's probably a little bit less. Um, not, not really. They're all going to, they all kind of run up and down together. So the volatility is kind of the same, but it's an institutional favorite. And at this late stage in the game, and I think, I think Jasmine, you need to see this picture again because oops. Um, sometimes, I, <laughs> sometimes I worry about you. Uh, Jasmine's an armor insider and um, you, you could be very aggressive. So let's just let's just take a look at this chart again. Um, so we, we we make sure we're on the same page here. Okay, gold is at the very top and blowing out of the top of its trend line. Gold is so it's not a time for us to be adding a lot of gold. We already own a lot of gold. You already own a lot of gold, right? You already own a lot of gold. So you don't need to add. I was just talking about if I have a new account with a million dollars and it's all cash, what do I do on Monday? Okay, so I'm going to want a little bit of metals in there, and I'm probably going to go to Newmont to do it. But it's going to be small because there's no exposure in that account at all to metals, right? And it's going to be small exposure because what I really want to do is increase the exposure on weakness. What we really don't want to be doing is buying a bunch of gold stocks when gold's already here. You needed to be in a lot sooner. And because you're an insider, you are. You own it early April, probably. So you're, you know, you're already up huge on these names. So what we want to do now is just manage our risk, manage the success, let these things run, and you know, look, look elsewhere for new investments is my thought. That's for you particularly, not somebody new who has no exposure. Brett, um, what do we do with cash in the bank as the dollar declines. Well, that's a problem, you know, but that's a long-term problem. So it's not like you have to run out there and do something today about that. But um, eventually that'll be a problem. And this is why precious metals are skyrocketing. 
So hopefully you already have a precious metals exposure. Um, I don't think that the dollar is going to totally implode, although looking at this chart pattern, it looks it looks pretty ugly. This is the chart pattern of the dollar versus all other currencies. You know, so there's a weekly cup and um, uh, head and shoulders breakdown, a serious breakdown. But it could easily run back up. I just look. I don't think the dollar is going to all of a sudden drop off the face of the earth. It's, it's just not going to do that. But um, it is, you know, it is showing signs of weakness. So over a long period of time, you're going to want to do something to protect the buying power of the assets you've got in the bank. Um, let me take a look at a couple of these things. Um, all right, guys, I'm not going to talk about, I'm not talking about, I say this every week, I'm going to say it again. I don't talk about micro cap stocks. This is a show about algorithmic risk management research. It's about protecting capital and I cannot protect capital in a micro cap stock. So penny stocks, one to $2 stocks that have no volume trading where you go buy it and the next day it goes down and there's no bids. So you can't even remotely set up a stop loss that makes sense. I can't own them and I'm not going to talk about them on this channel. I don't ever want to be viewed as somebody who's pumping penny stocks. Okay. It's just a question of integrity, you know? Um, so I'm just taking a look at these things before I talk about them. All right. Elastic operates research company in stores data. Okay. Um, hmm. I don't know this stock. Let's take a look. I don't know. I'll have to do some research on this one. So I've got nothing for you right now. I can't help you out with that, but certainly nothing wrong with that chart pattern right now. Um, let's see. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Thank you. So zero mil, just take a look at the guy who wrote right after your comment that I'm talking to myself. And that's actually a client who put capital to work. All right. Uh, but feel free zero mil to um, excuse yourself and go watch a hockey game. Uh, and, okay. Oh, Andrew. Thank you, my friend. Glad you joined us as an armor insider. Glad it's helping. Okay, uh, politics for dummies. Can you explain how leveraged ETFs achieve double or triple exposure? Well, that's a good question. Um, they use futures and options, depending on the type of asset, to get that exposure. And that's why they usually lose value over time. It's not, a, it's not really an investment vehicle. Triple exposure is not an investment vehicle. It's a day trading vehicle. You know, you... you Every day that you hold that asset, it loses value. So they, they own futures and options to create the performance. And if you're familiar with futures and options, they have a time component to them. So every day they get closer to expiration, they lose value. And that's what makes them very dangerous. So I generally don't own any of them. Now, it's true. We did add... Um, we did add this stock to armor portfolios, and that's um, twice the performance of silver, AGQ. So, um, 
sometimes I'll use, you know, twice the performance to, to get a little bit of juice, but I only do that for aggressive portfolios. And we added that on the 15th at $33 and 24 cents. So um, we take a look at AVQ. $33.24 on the 15th, right in here. So right in this consolidation, we added AGQ because we thought there was a short squeeze coming and apparently we were right. But generally speaking, um, that'll be the first stock I sell to book a profit because I know every day I hold it, it loses a little bit of value. Okay, so I hope that helps. Um, the four fun times. What did you like about... Oh, yeah, Valens, revenue down, big losses. We'll, we'll buy back stock, push it higher. Yeah, so what I, what I was saying, I think I forgot to explain what I'm, I'm glad you brought that up about Valens. What I liked about Valens had nothing to do with Valens as a stock I wanted to invest in. That wasn't what I liked about the call. What I liked about the call, um, what I liked about the call was that they said they can't keep their beverages on the shelf. They're flying off the shelf. And I'm hearing the same thing out of Canopy Growth from anecdotal stories. So if that's true, that the beverage business is starting to pick up, that's very positive for Canopy. And I don't think anybody's expecting it. So if they come on their conference call and they, and, and, and they say anything, that corroborates what Valens was saying, which is that beverages they can't keep on the shelf because people are buying them so fast. Um, that would be very, very beneficial to the whole cannabis 2.0 growth expectations in the back half of this year, particularly the fourth quarter of this year. So are these stocks basing right now? And will the catalyst that starts to put them higher Will it be the fact, and, and, and if it is, we heard it first on that Valens call. So forget about all the bad news. We already know all that. All these stocks are having, all these companies are having trouble. So I don't care about that bad news that you're, that you're uh, referring to um, about big losses and down revenue. We already know that's happening. So what, when I listen to these conference calls, I'm looking for rays of, of light. And the number one ray of light for a Valens, which basically is a company that makes cannabis 2.0 products, right? They're, they're taking biomass and turning it into oils and putting that into products. And that's really a back half of the year story. So if they're starting to see any type of uptick, that's what's, what I would say is, to, to kite a phrase from Ben Bernanke, there's a green shoot. Oh God, I can't believe I quoted him. Hey, anyway, all right. Um, PM question. Would you sell any physical PMs at this time? Thinking of applying your PM stocks strategy with the physical side. As always, thank you. What do you I'm not sure I understand there, um, Jesse. PM question. Would you sell any physical? Would I sell physical? I'm not selling physical right now. The, the, so I, um, I don't know if you... I don't know if I really understand your question about my strategy, but I like to buy weakness in the midst of strength. We like to sell some on the way up. So you could look at that gold chart and you could say, wow, we're right at the top side of that uptrend line. So maybe you'd book some profits up there. That's true. You would trade around the core. You might sell a little bit. 
right? And then look to buy back on weakness. But I'm not doing that because I think we're in a short squeeze. And I look at the performance at the end of the month when normally you get weakness. and Instead, we got strength. And that makes me think August could be a very interesting and fun month. So unless we see the price go below the low of last week, I'm probably not cutting the positions down. But what I do intraday almost, almost every day is I short GDX against my portfolio. I don't, I don't get my trigger every day. But every day I look at the structure of the day trading chart and I put out a sell stop order below a certain level. I get short GDX and try to make money, which I did last week. <clears throat> we made money last week short GDX. Not a lot of money. The prior week we had a huge, a huge day we made money. So um, intraday I try to hedge my exposure. I'm not selling anything right now. But if I see gold take out the low of last week, I probably would. That's where my head is right now. If it doesn't take out the low last week, we're in this ripping uptrend in a short squeeze, and I'm going to stay with that as long as I can. Joshua, BAC. Um, I'm just not a buyer of Bank of America. I'm not a buyer of banks, period. But then again, in all fairness, there's Bank of America. <clears throat> I see the chart you're looking at. I mean, it's a... If you're expecting an economy reopening, uh, positive COVID stories um, that, that sends the Dow Jones into the leadership, then you're going to get leadership in banks. But I think we're in the exact opposite time right now. And so I'm not looking to, to bottom fish. I'm not buying value right now. It's the, it's the lagging index. So, but in all fairness, I didn't buy banks. I've never bought banks. I don't like banks. I don't like the business model. So. I like to buy companies that have a moat around their business that do something unique that others can't and that have high margins. So it's just an opportunity cost of money why I stay away from those. Okay. Um, okay. You're asking me about uh, NIO. Um, I don't buy any Chinese companies for better or for worse. I stay away from Chinese companies. I always have. I don't like investing in a country that lies to you about their financials. I don't understand why the U.S. exchanges allow Chinese companies to list on these exchanges but lie about their financials. Why? Why, why can't they follow the same financial rules that we have here? I don't get it. So un, until that's resolved, it's just an opportunity cost of money. I have other places I'd rather go. And if, it, you know, if it's an electronic, electronic vehicle you like, I think there's other stories in the U.S. that are electronic vehicles that I can invest in. All right. David, uh, Daniel says, uh, when is call so I could keep up on it for him? Oh, oh August 12th. Is Politics for Dummies answered that question for you, I think. All right. Um, let's wrap up, guys. I'm going to hop over there and watch some of this hockey game. Um, Halliburton stock. Jay, um, again, kind of like um, a Bank America. I'm just not a buyer of energy in here. Um, I, I haven't been. I've been avoiding it for a while, and that chart on Halliburton just doesn't even interest me right there. But if I was to do it, I'd be more interested in Schlumberger, I think. I like that company better. But even that stock looks terrible. I, you know, um, I'm just not messing with energy. That's That's – Chevron. I mean, the leadership's breaking down. I just don't see any reason to own energy. 
Yeah, at least LK was kicked. All right, guys, listen, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate everybody who decided to spend some, some time with me on a Saturday. Hope you all have a great trading week next week, and I will talk to you again next Saturday. And I'll try to do another show, I think, on Wednesday this week. I've got an idea for an education video, an armor education video. So maybe we'll take a crack at it. All right, I'll see you guys in the Slack room who are insiders on Monday morning for the 8.30 meeting. And until then, everybody enjoy your hockey weekend. Ha, <laughs>